So I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm having like this serious moment of thought. I've, um, I've been thinking for some time now. I uh, haven't figured out how to express my thoughts yet as I'm looking frantically through. Uh, that's the dog. She's getting settled in for our conversation time. Uh, I'm looking for, there it is, looking on the shelf here for uh, my, uh, can't think of what this is, Green Hill Farms Academy, K-5, graduating class, Saturday, June 16, 1990, Booker T. Washington High School, theme. Building a better you to survive 2002. I don't know what that meant. Oh, that makes sense. Because if I was in kindergarten 1990, then I was supposed to graduate in 2002. That's what they were thinking. Which, I failed fifth grade, you know. Teacher didn't like me. That was the whole thing. Uh, so... Looking through this book, my name pops up first. Literally, pops up first. It says, Green Hill Farms Academy presents graduating class 1990 graduates. It says, Eric Barrett. It says, my parents. It says, favorite activity. And it says, future ambition. Which, I have not seen this book for about God. I don't know when the last time I saw this book. Um, but I'm looking. I'm looking at my future ambitions. And it says two subjects that to some degree has been very hostile. Not hostile from a well I, I i guess the best way to do it is just leave it at that leave it up to interpretation of what hostility means how it can be defined because uh, by leaving it so broad it it leaves wiggle room it, it it's open to interpretation it's open to uh ideas and ideals that uh, could just transcend one or one people group's imagination or train of thought or politics or what have you. So it's been very hostile. I, I again, I haven't seen this book in I don't know how long, and, and I remember reading it uh, when I moved. I opened it up and I went, huh. I just opened it up two seconds ago. I had this this idea, like Eric, go find your 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 uh, kindergarten book, and right here, as I'm hitting the book, it says favorite activities: bicycling and reading. Now I have no idea. That was 1990. This is 2023. So what is that? 
40 years ago, 35 years ago, to be precise, somewhere in there. I think that's a safe assumption. Uh, let's get the old calculator out because you know I don't do the math. I hear you. I hear you over there like, I got the number. Just listen to me. I told you I can't hear you. 33 years ago. We figured that out. You and I knew that. 33 years ago, this book was printed. 33 years ago, I graduated kindergarten. And 33 years ago, somebody put in here that I like bicycling and reading. Again, I would love, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to, I'm looking through the page because, you know, they have uh, uh, people who subscribe to this book here. And uh, I remember thinking something was in here that, uh, uh, let me see, is that, uh, uh, what is this? These are basically, uh, oh, the grandmaster of the free and accepted Prince Hall Masons of the jurisdiction of Virginia. Uh, if you went, if you went to this school back in the day, you were basically the creme de la creme. These were these were the highfalutin peoples, the folks. These were the sedate and sedity, right? These were the children of saint, right? And uh, I thought I saw, I thought I remembered it, and I don't see it now. Um, I thought there was an ad in here from, uh, and I, 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 you know what? May I, um, can I just have a second? I, I need a moment. Just give me. Whew. Yeah, this is where it was. Congratulations to Eric Barrett. Compliments of Welch Fine Cleaners. 627-4438. East Oney Road. Norfolk, Virginia. 23504. Quality Cleaners. Quality cleaners you've been looking for. Really? That was his tagline? Eric, may God ever bless you and your first graduation. In climbing the ladder of success, we pray that God will bless you with each achievement. And may your life be blessed with peace, love, and happiness, mommy and grandma. With ever in climbing the ladder of success. It is almost as if this is a book of prophecy, which is so fascinating to me because bicycling and reading. Now, if you recall, uh, those of you who have heard this story, please forgive me. I must share it again for those who are new, you know, the people who are in the back, you know, Session started earlier, and I know some folks have already been here, but you know, people show up late. You know what happens, right? So I appreciate you. Thank you once again for allowing me to retell some things. But I, in the fifth grade, which this says survive uh, the theme, building a better you to survive 2002, I was supposed to graduate in 2002. That did not happen because Jack off failed me in fifth grade because she didn't like my mama. That's the facts. 
So that pushed me out of the 2002. Um, and one of the reasons why I failed the fifth grade was because of the very thing that is listed in this book as my favorite activity, one of them, reading. What had happened was I had come back from some outdoor activities. They were uh, doing recreation. And uh, the school then was uh, positioned, uh, it was a, like a small building. They were making buildings very small back then. It did not, they were not as equipped as these massive institutions that they have now, like uh, a, a Richard Bowling or a Crossroads or a, uh, uh, what's the other one over there? A uh, Larchmont. Uh, they were small little small cubby holes, almost like little matchboxes, as, as some folks would call them. And so certain things like, like gym activities or recreational space wasn't available. But what happened was because the school was attached to a, uh, a uh, community, a low-income community, the projects, uh, most of your projects had a rec center in them. So we went over to the Bowling Green Rec Center to uh, participate in some basketball. We had some team sports going on. That was a, a poop show in itself because, quite frankly, I suck at anything sports. At least then I sucked at anything sports. So we're coming back. We're walking through the field. Now, this is midday here, people. Maybe 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere in there. Maybe a little bit earlier than that. But the sun is fresh in the sky. High up in the sky. And uh, so I go back into the classroom. Now, the other thing that we should take into consideration is not only were these schools matchboxes from a structural perspective, but they were... Uh, it was almost like, uh, well, no, they just didn't have lighting in them. The lighting sucked. Okay, that's what we want to say. And so you're going into these institutions that have these, you know, back in the day when you had the bulbs that if you touched them, they were hot. You know, now you have these LED bulbs and, and you can, you know, just basically just rest your hand on them and nothing's going to happen to you. But you turn those lights on. You remember back in the day? Some of you may not remember, and, and, uh, and I, I thank you for allowing me to, to reminisce here. Uh, back in the day, uh, if you're over 30, you might understand this. But you would literally, if you needed to change a light bulb, if you had to do anything to that light system, you would have to turn the light off, let it sit for like 10 or 15 minutes because that bulb had to cool down. Because that, that, that some of them was hot. Right. And the other reality was you had your 60 watt bulbs, your 75 watt bulbs and your 100 watt bulbs. But most of your institutions did not approve of 100 watt bulbs because they got so hot that they were a severe fire hazard. So most were operating off of a 60 watt. That was a standard bulb. So you're in these buildings, no windows, because again, we weren't talking about that then either. Um, and 
you have this 60 watt bulb that is 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 almost like reading by candlelight, right? So here I is coming back into class for being outside, sun is up in the sky, shining so bright, oh my, take a look, it's okay, and uh, I, that was the book slapped on the desk, that, that's basically what happened, when I walked to the classroom and sat down and book was slapped on the desk, I was told to open the book, so I opened the book, and tried to read the book. And uh, I couldn't see it. But the teacher said I couldn't read. But I couldn't see it. And I'm going to tell you how I know that. But first, let me talk about the trauma. You're in a classroom, 20 some odd, maybe 30 students in this room, and you're struggling to read in fifth grade, and you have your teacher basically tell you that you suck, and you're stupid, and every other kind of negativity that is possible, and I can say all these things because she's dead now, so it's not like I have to offend or put anybody in a position to have to, uh, they're, they're dead. There's nobody to go back. I'm just telling a story now. So that's not bad enough. I was stripped of my wanting to read because personally, this is my problem. Can't blame anybody but me. I allowed this, this woman to strip me of one of nature's greatest gifts. The ability to read, to write, and to understand. One of nature's greatest gifts. I allow somebody to strip me of that. Only to find out that the real problem was not that I could not read, but that I could not see. Now again, let's go back just briefly to recap some things. Remember I had transitioned from the outside. Sun is up in the sky, shining so bright, oh my. And then I come in and try to take a look. Is it a book? Why can't you read, dummy? You know, and that's basically what it is. Stripped, just taken from me for something that was so normal. It is normal, especially when you're going from extremely light situations to extremely dark situations, or when there is a transition in the lighting, it is normal for your eyes to have to have a processing moment. But because none of us really understood how ophthalmology worked, 
because the truth of the matter is, and God bless teachers, but, but they're only trained to do whatever it is they're supposed to do. This is your task. You see this book? You you read one through, how many pages in this guy's that going thing? Ah, you going to do the one oh seven. Is that right? Five, six, seven. Yep, one oh seven. Read the manual. Learn everything in the manual. That's all you need to know. But what about other details? And I don't worry about all that other shit, isn't it? You just need to learn what's in the manual. Read what's in the manual. That's all you need to know. And so God bless the teachers. They are working in conditions where they're not properly trained. You know, you don't need to understand psychology to work in school. At least they tell you you don't, but you really do. Because... Now you have to deal with people's emotions, people's feelings, uh, how they navigate and understand and appreciate. And then when they say, oh, well, uh, if that happens, then we'll just put them in a special school or a special class because they're slow. Which is what we learned about in, in Brother Elon's case. Because of the inadequacies of the teacher, they just deemed him retarded. He wasn't retarded. He was gifted. Oh, oh, so now we got to specialize this kid because he's special. Nobody wants to be special. It's one thing to be AP, to be, to be in, a, in, a, in an academic program that is looked upon with severe amounts of excellence, like we read in this, uh, in this book here from Elon, which we'll get to. Uh, in, in some time where he said, uh, where was it? Uh, in, in one of these chapters here, it said that he was a, it was a student. Uh, hold. may I have a moment, please? <sighs> this is one part I would like to read to you. It says Elon had no friends. And by the time he was in second grade, he was tuning out. The teacher would come up to me and yell at me but I would not really see or hear her. His parents got called in to see the principal who told me we have reason to believe that Elon is retarded. Mm. But this is the part I really wanted to say. It said Musk was a good student, but not a superstar. Now we'll talk about Elon a little bit later, but uh, I wanted to point out those two things because that right there spoke to me because the guy is spacing out. He's retarded. Maybe he's just seeing a different world, which he was. He was seeing a different world that was broader and, and more exciting than the bullshit he was learning in this classroom. That's just the facts, right? And I'm not making that up. That's what was said in the book. But the second part that fascinated me, was when they said that Elon was a good student, but not a superstar. Now, what that meant to me is that here's a kid who makes good grades, who uh, we can say is passing, he, he, as grandma will say, he's got good marks. 
But um, he he ain't he ain't gonna be AP. He he's not. We can't put him in one of them classes that we can celebrate. One of those classes that we can where the hoity toities with the sedate sedity where they no no we can't put him there. He's not one of those students. Yeah, that's how I felt. That's why I say teaching is very 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 toxic and very combative in whatever word I used earlier, which I left so broad because now we can add new terms to it. See? So seeing all that, seeing all those things that I just mentioned and sitting back here and realizing that my future activities which to some degree is very toxic right now, both personally and societally. And my future ambition, which again is toxic. Now what does this kid have left? That also leads me to this reality where First of all, I can answer the question of what this kid has left. And that is the kid has left to go do what the kid set out to do in the first place. Building a better you to survive 2002. Well, I'm well past 2002. Hell, I'm past 2022 at this point. I'm on my way to 32, if you want to be technical about it. And uh, I believe, with all my bone marrow, that we live in a culture where, number one, education is an extremely, extremely toxic. Extremely toxic. Oh. Just... Mm. And secondly, we live in a culture where simple things like going out and riding your bike or going out back in the 90s, you could ride your bike, you know, and and, uh, I think that part of the reason why I liked bike riding so much is because I never really rode in the city. I hated city riding. Especially in Norfolk, because Norfolk is an urban city. Which is something that I think has to be addressed in in many of these conversations, that this is an urban city. It is not a rural city. And there are certain ideas and ideals that just don't apply in the urban environment. I am not an urbanist. I am more of a ruralist. Again. We wouldn't know that if we didn't have time to really process and educate that. And so when you have a lot of debates, part of it is because, or the conflict or the pushback or the stronghold is urbanists trying to convert ruralists and ruralists trying to hold on to their ruralism 
in an environment that was never really ruled. Norfolk was never a rural environment. It was always an urban environment. It just so happened that back then, the laws were so uh, laxed that it, nobody really gave a damn what you did. But now with you know, certain things that we know, uh, certain health and safety risks that uh, uh, we must put in place, things like seat belts, because remember we didn't have those back there in, in the uh, early 60s and 70s. When they first made cars, they didn't put seat belts in them. But now we need those things. Um, how to transition throughout the streets, how, you know, riding on the sidewalks, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge because th there are people walking on those sidewalks. And so you're moving a vehicle that can, or an instrument, it's not necessarily a vehicle, it's an instrument that can move at extreme amount of speed on the same environment with a human who cannot keep up. A human versus a bike is the same as a human versus a car. It's two objects that are moving significantly faster than the human uh, body can uh, compete with, right? But then you put the bikes in the street and now they're at a disadvantage because on the sidewalk, they're invading or, or putting the pedestrian at risk. But in the street, the car is now making them a risk. So we got that problem because we're urbanists not ruralist. And the car is sitting there, well, yeah, so we got all these complexities, which makes someone like me look at this book and say, I don't want to have anything to do with biking. And the same thing with reading, which we understood that. So, so, so all that said, cause I don't like to be a guy that just sits here and yells and screams. Let's figure out what, let, let's, let's, let's find some, some, some solutions here. I think these conversations centered around biking. I almost look at this, this new appointment as a, a, a answer to prophecy that was some 30 years in the making, 30 plus years in the making. Bicycling, pedestrian, active transportation, right here. And then how do you make certain that these policies and understanding of saying the implementation and, and what this means, how do we make sure that, that the citizenry knows about it? Favorite ambition, teaching. Jesus. I. Okay. I. I, mm, I. <sighs> Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, how are you doing over there? Uh, most folks don't realize they have never heard you, never seen you hide or you you operate from the shadows 
but your operation, even though it's in secret, is very powerful and has a significant impact on how we do what we do. Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, operating on behalf of No Copyright Sound, who is empowering creators to royalty-free and no copyright music. They're out here making sure that people's favorite activities and most importantly, their ambitions. Do we have anybody in here that wanted to be a musician? I'm just curious as we look through this list here. Uh, swimming, reading, she wanted to be a nurse, a uh, doctor, a teacher, teacher, a uh, policeman, a professional football player. I wonder if that happened. A teacher, policeman, uh, nurse, teacher, dentist. Uh, I wonder now that I'm reading this that they just like have a list because everybody wants to read. Everybody wants to be a bike rider. Eric, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Astronaut, newspaper reporter, uh, teacher, nurse, doctor, fireman, architect, huh, veterinarian. No, no, um, karate teacher. Interesting. Jamal. Anyway, nobody decided they wanted to be a musician, huh? Because that, that, I mean, these were hoity-toity people. You don't, you don't do those things in there. That, that, that's not a thing. But Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, you deal with people who their passions are to, to make their music and to be heard with their music. And I would like to take this opportunity, if I may, to give space to these fine artists, these people who are doing some things. There's a gentleman out in these streets named Part Naive, I think is what his name is. And I, I, I know it, I'm just not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. But he, um, I've been following him on, on Instagram. And we got something that he's done. And I would like to, um, I like him. I do. And I don't normally tell you what to do in your sets or what have you. But if you can just make room for him today, that would be completely awesome. Awesome sauce. I had to put more emphasis on that. So can we hear from Mr. Part Naive today, if you don't mind? Thank you very kindly. Artificial love, we just make it up Cause reality will never be good enough And even if it was, we just mess it up Cause we already lost Addicted to the rush I never meant to fall All I wanted was a touch of artificial love We just make it up Cause reality will never be good enough And even if it was, we just mess it up Artificial love Artificial love Artificial love, we just make it up Cause reality will never be good enough just mess it up Cause we already lost I took you to the rush I never meant to fall All I wanted was 
Artificial love. Artificial love. 